the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, this is Pastor John Allworth, and I am here live at the KKHT studios. I come to you every Monday live, and it's just an honor to be with you. Uh, Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you today, and we are just so grateful for your love and for your forgiveness and for breathing life into our lungs. Father, we just uh, ask that uh, we have the strength and the power to carry out your will in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to talk today about... Um, a subject that many people ask in, in themselves, and that is, why am I here? Uh, what is my purpose? And this is building on a series of sermons we've had at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We're a church plant at 240 West 18th Street in in uh, downtown Heights, 77008. We we uh, meet at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. Sunday nights in the Heights, and... and uh, we're a non-denominational, Bible-based, spirit-filled recovery church. So, you know, many people, it's not really my emphasis, but many people believe that Jesus is coming back soon. And if you look around in the world, there are certainly signs. Good has become bad and bad has become good. And, and uh, you know, I just look to the Bible in Matthew twenty-four twelve, we see, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. You know, God is love, and the love of many has grown cold. People are so distracted. They're so, there's so much background noise. The enemy's got us mad at each other and angry and everything else. And, you know, Matthew seven thirteen through 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So, you know, People are lost out there. They're anxious. They're depressed, suicidal, disgruntled, stuck in a rut, asking, why am I here? What is my purpose? Or they're escaping into addiction, into pills, into into drink, into a pipe, into a needle. And, you know, it's uh, it's time for us, for the church to, to lead the way, to have a great awakening, to take this nightmare of COVID and to have an awakening in the church because the time is short. They can find that narrow path that leads to life, you know, and like I said, uh, a lot of people see signs of the end times and I don't, you know, no man knows the Bible tells us no man knows the time or the hour when Jesus is coming back. But here's what I do know. I know that 150,000 people will die today in the world. And many of those are lost and don't know Jesus Christ. I know that 250,000 Americans will die in the month of May. And so many of those sadly are lost and don't know Jesus Christ. I know that 250,000 Texans will die this year. Our neighbors, our compatriots here in the state of Texas. And 30,000 right here in Harris County. You know, 
Mark 8.36 tells us, What profits a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? Luke 12.20, we've got a man who stores up all these grains and does all these wonderful things, and then he's told, what, what a fool you are, because your soul is required tonight. That's why we brought our church into the middle of the city. It's, it's not an easy time to start a church. It's not an easy time to come into the middle of Houston to be a Bible-based, non-denominational, spirit-filled recovery church. But God called us into the middle of the city because, as we see in Mark chapter 2, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus said, I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. In Luke 19.10, one of my favorite scriptures, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So, you know, we I can't save anybody, but I can introduce people to somebody that can, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he wants to know you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. You know, Jesus summed up, why are we here? What is our purpose? When he said, the two commandments, which are sums up all the law and all the all the prophets, are love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things are just they crystallize all of Jesus's message. It's all right there. But so why are we here? I'm going to give you six things. We're here, number one, to worship the Lord our God. We're here, number two, to imitate Christ. We're here, number three to introduce people to Christ. You know, I love my friend Tommy Thompson. His email is signed off with uh, that his personal mission is to introduce Jesus people to Jesus in positive ways. Amen. Way to go, Tommy. And he does that over at the Open Door Mission. And we'll talk about that throughout my, all of my programs. But anyway, it's one of our ministry partners. So, one, to worship the Lord our God. Two, to imitate Christ. Three, to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Four, to develop a church, a family. Five, to serve one another. Six, to serve the kingdom. Again, but all of that comes down to these two commandments. Love the Lord your God, the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So let's talk about, first of all, to worship the Lord our God, number one. Okay, well, you can't really, you know, God made us in his own image. You know, we are children of the most high God. And, you know, we have children on earth. We have our earthly children. And and how do we, we love them. We want to spend time with them. We want to have a relationship with them. We, We overlook their imperfections. We love them unconditionally. God is the same way. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for an intimate relationship. And in order to understand him, to know his character, you have to spend time with him. That means spending time reading his word. I'm holding a Bible in my hand, his living, breathing word. You know that life is an open book test. We've got this Bible, which has all the answers into it. We've got to spend time with him, and that includes spend time in prayer, in meditation, spending time in, in slowing down and listening to that quiet, still voice. Jesus said he wouldn't leave us as orphans. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. But if we don't slow down and spend private, alone time with him, we can't understand what he wants, what the purpose is in our lives. You know, Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. I've got a good Christian brother who sends something to me on morning sometimes that says, hello, this is God. I got all your problems today. You know, leave them to me. And it's so true. Colossians 116 tells us, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. We were created to worship the Lord. We were created to be his children. Class 1213 says, fear God and keep his head a little verbal moment there. <laughs> Classes fear God and keep his commandments for this is all man's all. Or there was another translation that says, have reverence for God and obey his commandments because this is all that we were created for. You know, I love this scripture in Matthew sixteen twenty five. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, I've got a program on here Wednesday, Recovery Radio Houston. I'm in recovery. I'm transparent about that. It's one of the first things we learn is we've got to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, Paul writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you know that you can't do that unless you spend time with him? You spend time in his word. We were made to worship the Lord, our God. Do you know that the Bible tells us that joy comes in the morning? Do you know that hundreds and sometimes over a thousand new neurons are created in our brain every morning? We are self-healing organisms. That's why people can recover from addiction, from doing things, destroying their body. If you get a, if you've got your finger, it heals. Now, certain things, obviously, are beyond the body's ability, but people heal themselves by fasting. And there's a new science. It's called the science of neuroplasticity. Or it's also called the science of neurotheology. You know, science likes to act like it. Science, is, I can tell you, is only just catching up with the Bible in many circumstances. But there's a guy named Dr. Andrew Newberg who wrote a book, How God Changes Your Brain. They've actually proven through PET scans, looking at the brain, that when you spend time with the Lord, when you spend time worshiping, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time, if you speak in tongues, it actually changes your brain in a positive way. Your neurons are flourish. They can measure this. They can see it. They, they sprout like beautiful trees. Whereas if you spend time doing negative things, being angry, uh, you know, doing drinking, spend, doing drugs, those neurons are like bear trees. And they actually have seen this. It's so incredible. Joy indeed comes in the morning. And God made us as self-healing organisms. I put a picture up of, the, of a single human cell yesterday in church. It is so complex. It's more complex than a jet airplane. God, anybody thinks that happened by accident, needs to, needs to look around in creation. God is so wonderful. He's so magnificent. There's another book by Dr. Caroline Leafa who's got a wonderful ministry out of Australia, Switch On Your Brain, The Key to Peak Happiness, Thinking, and Health. And it starts with spending time worshiping God. It actually changes our brains in wonderful ways. So that's one. Why are we here? We're here to spend time with God and have a relationship with him. Two, to imitate Christ. In 1 Colossians 11.1, Paul wrote, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. You know, we're to, Jesus says 23 times in the Gospels, follow me. You know, he tells the, the disciples early on, he says, follow me and I'll make you fisher, fishermen of men. And, you know, one, another one of my favorite scriptures is in Luke nine twenty three. It's in other Gospels also. But in Luke nine twenty three, it reads, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, 
pick up their cross daily and follow me. We're to imitate Christ. We're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, as Jesus said, by imitating Christ. We can't do it perfectly. No one does it perfectly. But, man, you can sure aspire to it. And God knows your heart. So in, in Philippians 2, 5, Paul wrote, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're to adopt Christ's attitude of unselfishness, servanthood, humility, and obedience. Can you imagine the creator of the universe coming down and being so humble as to to die while we were still sinners, before we were born, for each and every person hearing my voice? Humbling himself as a man and to death, even death on the cross. That's just mind-boggling. We're to imitate Christ. What, to, what an incredible example. You know, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, we're to, we're to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All these distractions that I talked about earlier in the world, all these, all this background noise, the enemies got out there, the left mad at the right, the right mad at the left, everybody on Facebook, everybody's mad and angry and outraged. That's not what Jesus Christ wants you to be. He wants you to have a mind like his, to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. So one, we're, spo- we're here to worship and love our God. Two, we're here to imitate Christ. Three, we're to introduce people to Christ. You know, we need a boldness in this time. You know, people have gotten used to watching church online, and I understand that because of COVID, but now the vaccine's getting out there and and people are getting more comfortable. It's time for the church to awake. You know, the Bible tells us in, in Luke chapter 15, there there are a series of parables the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And and the point of those is how Christ came to seek the lost. You know, my pastor gave a, 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 a message Sunday morning about uh, how Jesus collects flawed pennies and he talked about the parable of the lost coin we're all flawed we all fall short of the glory of god and jesus is running look who he hang out with in the in the in the new testament the tax collectors which were the scourge of of israel the the prostitutes but he told them get up and sin no more he went around and he took these ordinary people and these ordinary people who saw him on his ministry changed the world Jesus collects the lost. And Luke fifteen seven says, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. That's why we brought our church into the middle of the city. I was lost for much of my life. And finally, I accepted Jesus' loving hand that was always there, always nudging me. And I took it. And I'm so grateful, and I just feel an obligation. Our church is there to do what Jesus wants us to do, to preach the gospel to all creation, to make disciples of all nations. We'd love it if you came and worshiped with us, because we were all lost at one point. We all have our road, our, our metamorphosis on the road to Damascus, as Paul did. 
We need mature Christians to come help us as we reach out in this community, as we work with ministries like the the Open Door Mission to bring people into the kingdom because the time is short. One way or another, the time is short. We're New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We worship at 240 West 18th Street at 6 p.m. on Sunday evenings, Sunday nights in the Heights. Please come worship with us. We're growing, but we still got plenty of room to spread out in our, in our, in our sanctuary. Come worship with us if that day you just want to spend more time in the house of the Lord. Come worship with us if you're new to town. Come worship with us if you just want to come check us out. 240 West 18th Street. In downtown Heights, 77008, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We're a non-denominational, Bible-based, spirit-filled recovery church because we're all recovering from something. The Bible's a book about recovery. We're here to develop, number four, to develop a church family. You know, we're to be the bride of Christ when he comes back. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, we use that a lot in our Break Every Chain ministry, which meets on Friday nights at 7 p.m. at 901 Wilson Road in Humble, Texas. But it, it's a, it's not just about addiction because we have a lot of people there that are having relationship issues. And we, we constantly tell husbands in our men's groups when we separate men's and women, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean, boy, if you do that, you could have a better marriage, I promise you. But, you know, we we seldom read the whole quotation the whole scripture husbands love your wife as christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish God wants us to worship together. That's why it's important that you come back to church now, that you worship communally. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. It's time to go back. Our church, a good Bible-based church, just go to the church. Go to church. It's time to go back. You know, in Acts 2.42, another one of my favorite scriptures, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This is the early church in in Jerusalem and how they got together. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet. They broke bread. I'm skipping here. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. That's what it's about. It's about being a church family, being that light, being that salt of the earth. And how do we do that? We're here, number five, to serve one another. You know, in Mark chapter 9, I just love this. The disciples were arguing with each other about who was the greatest. I mean, just so human. It just it just captures who we are. These are the disciples that have been following Jesus around and, and listening to him. And they're still engaging in this dumb argument about who's the greatest. And Jesus said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He was telling them, guys, get to have a little humility here, you know, who's <laughs> <was> the greatest. <laughs> you know? But in Mark ten forty five, Jesus said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus washed their feet. Jesus went around healing people. Jesus went around helping people. Jesus was a servant. We're to imitate Christ. We're to follow him. So we're to serve each other. In Matthew twenty five forty, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
That's our church. That's the church we're trying to build in the Heights. It's a church where we encourage, where we bring everybody in, where everybody's welcome, no matter where they've been. Because you know what? When you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, that is powerful. So we don't care what you've done. If you're a new creation in Christ or you're curious about Jesus Christ or you want to have a better life, come come worship with us. And if you're there and you have a passion for helping people, for making disciples of all nations, come worship with us. Philippians 2 Verses 3 through 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. You know, in John thirteen thirty five, Jesus said, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Remember what I said? It was all summed up in two things, love your God, your, the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we're here to worship the Lord. We're here to imitate Christ. We're here to introduce people to Christ. We're here to develop a church, a family. We're here to serve one another. When you do these things, you have a sense of purpose. You're not lost anymore. You're not depressed. You're not anxious you're involved in kingdom work. And that's the last topic I have is we're here to serve the kingdom. You know, when I was a kid, my cousin is was a is a pro football Hall of Fame football player. And not just I mean he was really, really good. They just named the top hundred players of all time. And he was one of the top 100 players. Not the top 100 that are playing now, not the last decade, all time. I mean, he was really good. So, of course, that was my I wanted. That was my dream, was to be like him, be a pro football player. I'm 5'8". Uh, you know, I was kind of fast, but not, not like him. You know, I made my high school starting team, but that was about it. So that dream kind of went on the side. And then as a young man, I was involved in politics. And I put a picture up last night up on the screen. And you can't see me, but I'm bald. And one of the reasons I did this is to show people how much hair I had. But anyway, and it was with President Reagan. I was involved in politics. And that was my dream. But, you know, God had a different plan for me because I'm doing my dream job now. And that is trying to be obedient to him and trying to serve the kingdom. We all have an opportunity to work in the kingdom with the creator of the universe. What could be better? I mean, that, that's that's what God had in store for me, man. He took a, I took a crazy route to get here though, through addiction, through loss, through difficulty, through separation with my wife, who's back. She's such a wonderful, loving, forgiving person. I took a circuitous, I can say that word too, a tri- route to get here, but God knew what he was doing all the time. You know, sometimes when the worst things that happen to us, God, he chastises those that he loves. And it took that, you know, I had to be humbled, frankly, and he did a really good job of it. And he's so wonderful. So sometimes these things that we think are so terrible, they just send us in a different direction. In James chapter one, verses two through three, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Another translation says perseverance. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, you know, we get down sometimes when we, we think our dreams are getting, you know, but God's like a GPS. You know, when you make a wrong turn and it says redirect, 
You know, even when we make mistakes, he'll redirect us along the right path. Even when we go through difficulties, maybe it's to help somebody else along the way. You know, stick with your dream. Worship the Lord, your God. Imitate Christ. Introduce people to Christ. Be bold. Be part of a church family. Serve one another. Serve the kingdom. That's why we're here. That's what our purpose is. You know, we'd love for you to join us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We meet on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. at 240 West 18th Street in the heart of the Heights, 7708. We're a non-denominational, spirit-filled, Bible-based recovery church. And we would love to meet. We're small. We're a family. We all went to eat after search service. We meet at 6 p.m. We'd love to meet you. Join us this coming Sunday or any Sunday that you're able to. You know, we love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen.